You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Normally at this time, I'd say, as usual in studio with me, my co-host, Naz Marchese. I can't say that this morning. Uh, Naz is... uh, uh, if you're uh, if you're in downtown Toronto this morning, uh, there's a waterfront marathon and uh, traveling around downtown Toronto in and around these parts is an obstacle course this morning, and Naz got caught in some traffic. So, uh, but uh, traffic, <laughs> but the show, as they say in show business, Naz, the show must go on. And uh, where where are you right now, Naz? You're in the car, but tell us. Uh, tell yeah, us I'm this. just parked on Dundas and and uh, uh, Augusta area. Yeah, so when you say parked, you're you're, you're being uh, it's a, me- a metaphor. I'm sure that uh, you're trying to make progress and you're trying to get to our studio. At yeah, King- I'm parked now, so I'm okay to talk for a while, and then I'll get beyond my way. <laughs> okay, so hopefully, uh, hopefully you make it here soon, Naz. But uh, you know what? Uh, you know we have uh, technology nowadays. We have telephones and cell phones and stuff like that. So uh, I'm going to pretend that you're right across from me, right here, and uh, in a in a in a metaphor in a Figure in a figurative sense, you are uh, really, really quickly. Last night, uh, you know, it, uh, last uh, last Sunday, we, we were uh, we were reserving our spots on the parade route uh, down on Bay Street, and uh, I think I made the comment last week. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Of course, we're talking about our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, and uh, the last two they ran in up against the. Uh, Former Stanley Cup champions uh, didn't win it last year, but the two years prior to that, and uh, had a tough game against the Blues last night. Uh, anything we need to worry about, Naz? Uh, their effort wasn't there last night. Eight shots after two periods. You, you, you can have all the talents in the world, but if you're not going to be on, uh, first on the puck, you're not going to win in the National Hockey League. And St. Louis is not a very good team either. Well, interestingly enough, uh, other than other than the Penguin game, uh, Leafs seem to Leafs seem to have done. I mean, it did played well against Washington, played well against LA, played well against Chicago. Um, not so great against Ottawa and Montreal and St. Louis. So uh, it just goes to show you, it's a long season. Uh, Leafs are six and three now. Um, but uh you know you can't you know you got to go you got to bring it every night in the NHL today and uh um uh, Leafs are in a little bit of a different situation than perhaps they've been in a long long time is they are considered one of the upper echelon teams in the league right now so the the bottom the bottom echelon teams certainly when they come into Toronto on a Saturday night uh, where it's broadcast literally mostly across the nation. Uh, you know, the, uh, the guys come in from these other teams, they want to look good, and there's a, they always put up a good performance on a Saturday night, and the Leafs have to be ready for that. Uh, nobody's yeah, going... At, Go ahead, Ness. Look at the other teams in the NHL. Buffalo's on a streak. Montreal lost in overtime last night, but they've been playing well. Ottawa's been playing well. So who's to know who's going to make it, the way well, things are going? Yeah, it's... Uh, and everybody's going young. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... Uh, 
you know, you, you I, I pick up the standings, and you know, you see Montreal and and uh, and Ottawa. But you know, like, like I said last week, it's still early in the season. But um, you know, Carolina seems to have uh, uh, turned it around. Um, so it, it's a long season, uh, as you say. Youth makes a big difference. Skill makes a big difference. Uh, but I got to think as the season uh, as the season progresses, uh, the cream tends to separate and go to the top. Um, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if Montreal and Ottawa make the playoffs. Um, that would be a shock. But you know what? I think we're still a little bit suffering from the shock of the Las Vegas Knights making the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, you, you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, so in today's NHL, you just you just don't know. But uh, you know, somebody made the comment that Mike Babcock. You know, you know, Leafs. You know, you have to learn to play this type of hockey where. You know, you can't free wheel through the neutral zone. I mean, some of the some of the games that came earlier in their schedule, that's just not the way hockey is going to be played as the season progresses. So the Leafs, I think the last two games have been a learning experience. Certainly, the game against Pittsburgh, they know you know a talented team, a veteran team, a team that knows how to win. And uh, you know, uh, I don't want to be critical about the Leafs. They, I, I thought they held their own in that game. Obviously, we somehow. Some reason if they can't score six goals a game, we get disappointed. But, uh, yeah, but they didn't score any. The well, they didn't score any, but they they only really last night. They, yeah, they only really gave up one in that game. So you you know you look at the jars half full and half empty. I mean, I, I guess the other side of that coin is their defensive performance was a little bit as a team was a little bit better than we've seen in some other games. So. You know they didn't uh, they didn't score six goals, but they didn't give up five either. So uh, it was really a one nothing game. I mean two two empty net goals. So and they had chances. I mean they could have had they could have yeah, a break here a break there that could easily could have been a one one game in overtime. Uh, it could have gone the other way. So uh, they didn't get outclassed, but they were forced to play a game, a type of game that they better learn how to play. If they want to be successful, and uh, you know, there's no question, Mike Babcock knows that, and he, there's no question, Mike Babcock knows what this team is going to have to do to be successful, uh, and and that all revolves around, you know, tightening up and uh, playing a system and being able to win those tight games, those one nothing games, those two one games, those three two games. Because those seven six games will will quickly disappear as the season progresses. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, the, the NHL is so uh, balanced now; you can't take anybody lightly. Look at L.A. They're floundering. They're getting beat by four or five goals a game. Buffalo beat them five one yesterday. Who well, knows what's going to happen there? I, I think the uh, the issue with the uh, with the uh, with the, with the Kings is, and you know, they've got some pretty bright people managing that team. Uh, it, it seems like the game, the, 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 yeah, the, 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 the reason they were successful a few years back, it was a different NHL. You had to be tough, big, physical, and fast. Uh, sorry, today you need to be skilled and fast. They've got some skilled players on the L.A. team, but they, they thrived because they were good along the boards. And, 
And uh, it seems in some ways that this current game has passed them by uh, somewhat. But uh, anyways, Naz, uh, we're going we're gonna to let you go for now. We're going we're gonna to see you here shortly as soon as possible. Drive safely. Just want okay. to let you know and our listeners know, coming right, ba- right up after the break, uh, Notre Dame, Washington Redskin, and Toronto Argo legend Joe Theismann. Later on in the show, we're going to be talking to Rudy. Yes, the Rudy, not Rudy Giuliani. Daniel Rudy Rudiger, the uh, the uh, the inspiration behind a movie that was voted by USA Today the top football movie of all time. That, of course, was Rudy. We'll be talking to him shortly in the middle of the hour. We'll be right back after the break with Joe Theismann. Naz, we'll see you soon. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I'm in Modena, birthplace of Pavarotti. When I knocked on my cousin's door, he opened it and said, My long-lost cousin, you finally come home. You must now marry my neighbour's sister. I said I had to get something in the car and never went back. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Nazimali Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. If you're listening in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM on the internet, live video streaming at www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazimali Sports Hour, Toronto Argo, Washington Redskin, and Notre Dame legend Joe Theismann. Joe, good morning. How are you, sir? 
Good morning, Walter. Good to catch up with you guys. It's uh, it's great. Uh, you're lucky you're not in Toronto this morning because the traffic is horrendous, Joe. So you're only talking to me this morning. My co-host Naz hasn't been able to get here yet. Uh, the whole downtown is is just a traffic mess this morning because of a marathon we're having. So you're lucky you are where you are this morning, Joe. Well, it's um, I don't know what the temperature is. We've got. <laughs> 40-mile-an-hour winds and 40-degree temperatures here in Virginia. So um, at least you're in a warm car if you're stuck in traffic, Walter. <laughs> well, I'm in the studio. So, uh, Joe... oh, I know you are. I'm thinking of your partner. <laughs> yeah, no, he is in a warm car, and uh, I look forward to having him here shortly. Joe, listen... Uh, uh, we've got a couple of topics we want to cover. Uh, certainly uh, high on the list is uh, the, the great start of the Irish, and I want to come back to that because uh, uh, I want to use that as a lead-in. We've got, uh, we've got the infamous Daniel Rudiger coming on uh, later this morning. So, uh, But let's talk about, a little bit about NFL football. And uh, obviously the, uh, the Skins got a big game against the Cowboys today, and uh, the Skins are dear to your heart. Uh, so we'd like to get uh, your impression of the of the start the Skins have had. Now, you uh, how you see the rest of their season shaping up? Well, you know they've been a little bit of a Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I mean, you come out and play like, for example, they played well against Carolina last week. Uh, did not play well against the New Orleans Saints. You know they played well against Arizona. Did not play well against Indianapolis. So you know played okay against Green Bay. So you know, they really have to look for some consistency, and that's been the biggest issue. And and I think, you know, they almost play better when they've got people injured. I went out to Seattle last year with two offensive linemen missing. Heck, one of the offensive linemen arrived on a Friday and started on a Sunday game. So, and they've got a lot of people down for this one. Jamison Crowder is down. Chris Thompson's hobbled. Uh, Paul Richardson, the wide receiver, is hobbled. So it'll be interesting to see how well they play uh, in this football game. Uh, certainly, Dallas-Washington rivalry isn't what it was because neither team has had great success over the last five or six years. But it's still something everybody talks about in this city. Uh, Joe, um, I want to talk about um, the NFL today and young quarterbacks. The, the, I think the big story this year seems so far is the impact young quarterbacks are having in the NFL, and it seems like there's a generational change in philosophies. Certainly in in your day and up until a while ago, the idea was you drafted these guys and you stuck them on the bench with a clipboard, and and they learned how to become NFL quarterbacks. It seems to me that that learning curve that used to exist doesn't exist as much anymore. Am I seeing that right, Joe? And what is is there something different about the NFL today uh, in terms of getting young quarterbacks into positions of responsibility, like really right off the bat? Yeah, it is a little bit, Walter. It's it's. Uh, there's a couple things. First of all, um, there was a time when they couldn't get them out on the field quick enough, only because of the the economic commitment to them. Sam Bradford, for example, when he came out of Oklahoma, he, you know, it was guaranteed $75 million contract, something like that, 58 of it guaranteed. Well, you're not going to have him sit. He's going to play. Now, since they put the rookie cap in, it's a little bit different. The most guys can make is like $20 million over four years, which is a far cry. It's a lot of money in society, but in our game, it's really not. 
Um, they tried to do it in some places. Uh, I think Pat Mahomes is the beneficiary of sitting a year behind Alex Smith in Kansas City, and we, we see the year he's having, just sensational year. Um, uh, Josh Rosen struggling out in Arizona. Um, you know, I mean, so much of it depends on the team that you wind up on. Baker Mayfield has infused a lot of life into the Cleveland Browns. You know, you go back and forth. Um, Josh Allen up in Buffalo, obviously he's close to you guys up there. He got injured a little bit, and Peterman went back in. Uh, there just aren't enough quarterbacks. Really, when you look around the league, um, I think the CFL, Ricky Ray got hurt That's in Toronto. Yep. And, you know, where did, where did Mark have to go? So, you know, we have the same problem. We have 32 starting quarterbacks. You really stop and think there are 90 quarterbacks on rosters. Walter, I could send you the list of them. I guarantee you 50 of them, you probably wouldn't even know yep. or even hear of. So there is, there is not a rush to get them on the field. But they want to get them that kind of experience. Uh, you talk about the young guys today. How about in a couple of years when the New England Patriots, the New Orleans Saints, the New York Giants, the San Diego Chargers, those four teams are going to be looking at young quarterbacks that are going to have to come and play as well. Talking to Joe Theismann. Joe, uh, uh, one last uh, NFL question because I really got to move on to my beloved Irish, uh, Fighting Irish. Um, any surprises so far this year? The Rams six and zero. Where do you see um, if, when the dust settles, if you were to pick three or four teams that are going to be around, uh, really, really deep into the NFL playoffs? Who, who, uh, who are you seeing right now? Well, the Rams are certainly at the top of the list. I think the Rams and New England would be uh, the two teams that you might say have a chance to be able to, you know. New England back where they were, and the Rams to go back to a Super Bowl. I think odds on right now. They're talented. They're fast. Uh, Sean McVay is a terrific young, inventive coach. They've got a lot of things going for Wade Phillips. I think is one of the best defensive coordinators in football. Is on the other side of the ball. I mean, the Rams have it from top to bottom. They've got it from coaches to players to speed to experience. Indomitian Sue. You know, they had three Pro Bowlers. I mean, it, they they just you know they made the right kind of moves to say to stay competitive. Um, from a disappointment, the Atlanta Falcons—they're they're two and four. If you wonder who's going to show up, Matt Ryan's having a sensational year, but are they going to be the are they going to be the late bloomers like they have been? Um, and, you know, Kansas City—can they stay? Can they stay hot? And everybody sort of expects now the New England Patriots, and Kansas City, to be in the AFC Championship game. I think the NFC is a little bit more wide open. The Minnesota Vikings came in supposedly hot as could be, the team that everybody wants to beat. They made the deal for Kirk Cousins because he was the missing link to get him to the Super Bowl, and they haven't played near the level that they can. But we're still only six, seven weeks into the season, Walter, and now now things will start to shape up. Now we start to see the personalities of football teams. Players are getting injured. You have to play shorthanded. How do you get through the short weeks? You, You know, you've got, for example, in about, six or seven minutes, you have um, the, the, the Chargers and Tennessee Titans playing in London. Hmm. Then next week, there's another London game. How, do you, how does it affect you when you travel? Remember, if, if the Chargers are playing in London, they come from the West Coast <laughs> to go all the way to, to London. So it's not just like an East Coast team going. This is a team that travels you know, five-plus hours, probably eight, nine hours to get there, and then eight, nine hours back. Uh, Joe, uh 
Time to talk about our beloved uh, Fighting Irish. Um, 7-0, and uh, given Ohio State's uh, upending yesterday by Purdue, by the Boilermakers, uh, looks like we're moving that up. Just, that, Walter, that was a butt-kicking. <laughs> it certainly was. Uh, I'm telling you, Purdue just, they've got, they've got some people that, if, if NFL scouts aren't talking about, you know, this kid, I don't know who isn't. Um, I was so impressed watching that game last night with what they did on both sides of the ball, special teams. And I, I thought the officials did an excellent job also in that football game. I, I thought, you know, the entire game was well officiated. It was well played by Purdue and, you know, Iowa State. You see, Ohio State almost lost to Penn State a little bit back. So for them to be ranked two, I was a bit surprised anyway. But it's nice to see our Irish in the top four. They've earned the right to be there. I think, you know, you've got a Florida State game coming up. You've got Syracuse coming up. Um, they knew Pitt was going to be tough. Fortunately, they had him at home. Syracuse is going to be played in Yankee Stadium. So um, that, that to me, is, is a, again, a very important game. And, of course, you know, making the change to Ian Buck, I think, has given this offense um, what Chip Kelly, our coordinator, wants, the ability to go down the field. Uh... Irish look like they're going to move up in the uh, in the CF uh, in the football ra- in the rankings, probably up to number three for uh, in the playoff rankings. Um, do they deserve? They uh, do you see them uh, running the table here, Joe? Yeah, I do. I, I think, like I said, I think Syracuse is important. Florida State has a lot of athletes. You know, we, we, I mean, heck, did, did we did? Anyone ever predict Ohio State not only getting beat by Purdue, but being thumped by them? Uh, we saw Cincinnati, I think, take out Oregon yesterday. I mean, you've got, you know, you, you just, it's a little bit of you got to wait to see what happens during the course of the week. I think if Notre Dame can take care of their own business, I think they'll be fine. Um, they've got to get better. The last couple of weeks, Ian has not been as sharp as he is, as he was the first couple, but now he's like in his fifth or sixth start. So, you start to expect a little bit more. I think they can run the table. I think they have to run the table if they want to be in in the championship conversation. Uh, t- talking about there's uh, no two ways about it. Yeah, uh, talking about running the table, Joe. Um, in in some ways, um, and I certainly don't want to put the hex on them. Um, this is sort of starting to remind me uh, of the of the nineteen nineteen seventy season. We're we're headed we're headed towards. It seems like. You know, a final game matchup against Southern Cal, uh, USC in in Southern Cal in in LA at the Coliseum, and uh, and uh, not that I, you know, I I remember I'm old enough to remember your tremendous performance in a rainstorm uh, back in 1970, uh, 528 yards throwing, and I remember reading the Sports Illustrated article after that game. Everybody was absolutely bewildered how you could possibly throw for 528 yards when you're getting just a bunch of water and mud and football being given to you by your center. Uh, but uh, SC, tell us a little bit about uh, what it's like as a Notre Dame uh, Notre Dame uh, player to head into the last game of the season against SC in the Coliseum. Well, you know, it's one of the traditional rivalries in college football, very much similar to the Redskin-Dallas rivalry in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, it's Pittsburgh-Cleveland. It's Pittsburgh, Cleveland. You know, it's Pittsburgh-Baltimore. I mean, there's some great rivalries. And having it be the last game of the season, you want it to be meaningful. And this is why Notre Dame has to take care of business the other 
four or five games that they have before USC. Other, I guess, four they have before USC. You uh, you can't let one get away. You can't have a laxed moment and think that you you can't look ahead. You can't say, well, let's point to this one because if we win this, this is what happens. It has to be on a week-to-week basis. But it was always a lot of fun. USC put a lot of guys into professional football. And for me, it was sort of a barometer of where I was. You know, could I play at that kind of a level against those kind of athletes? And um, oddly enough, Walter, Joe Gibbs, who became my coach with the Redskins, was the offensive line coach with the uh, University of Southern California well, Trojans. I didn't, didn't know that. Game. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, you know, I've never had a problem throwing the ball in the rain. I mean, it's always something that just sort of came natural for me. But uh, didn't expect that much rain, I can tell you that. Well, we'll certainly... Uh... Certainly hope we get to that game with the uh, with the Irish being unbeaten at that point in time, and then in the college football playdowns, uh, would love to see them go up against Alabama. That would be a challenge and a game for the ages. But uh, and it would be you know it would be a rematch of uh, about six seven years six ago. seven years ago. Uh, interesting. We'll leave it we'll leave it at this, Joe. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, we've got Daniel Rudy Rudiger coming on the show and. Uh, USA Today this week uh, voted Rudy as the number one football film of all time. And interestingly enough, which is going to lead me to my question to you, Joe, interestingly enough, voted the number two football film of all time by USA Today was Newt Rockney, All-American. Of course, there's a common nexus between the number one movie and the number two movie. And uh, which leads me to my question to you. Um, fascinating that the two voted the two best football movies of all time all center around the University of Notre Dame. And, of course, you're one of the most illustrious football players ever to have played there. Um, as, quick, as, as, as best as you can, Joe, tell me how special a place Notre Dame is. Oh, it's just so hard to put into words, Walter. I mean, there's so much there, the academic part of it, the athletic part of it. We don't have athletic dormitories, and so therefore you're just really a, you're a student first and an athlete second. Um, and you know the entire campus embraces you. The stadium, the new stadium, is fabulous. There's only I mean that's that doesn't even do it justice. It's just an incredible um, facility to be able to promote academics as well as athletics. Some of the the you know, classrooms are held in some of the areas. I mean. The workout facility, gosh, I, I, I walked through it the other day, and I was there. Actually, I saw Rudy a couple weeks ago <laughs> at the game. Please tell him hello for me. I as well. certainly will. But, I mean, it's the treadmills, there's, it's, it's about 80 yards of treadmills, just treadmills, 80 yards. And, you know, the, the student body, the, the enrollment's only still about 8,500, and then you add the grad students, and it gets over 10,000. But it's, it's relatively a small university because people will come up to me and say, where did you go to school? I said, I went to a small university in Indiana, University of Notre Dame. Everybody laughed. But from an enrollment standpoint, we are relatively small compared to so many others. It's just when you walk around the campus, you see the Golden Dome, you go to the Grotto, you go to the Basilica, um, and then, you know, you, you see the library. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many majestic structures on campus. And then it's a unique university when it comes to what is offered and the people that have gone there before. You know, Father Hesper was, was such a great um, a great man. Father Joyce, uh, he and Father Joyce were just in, did an incredible job leading. And Monk has done a terrific job going forward. So, um, 
you know, the university to me, is, it, it always holds a very special place in my heart. We've been talking to Joe Theismann. Joe, I always, it's uh, NFA, it's Sunday, and I know how busy you are on Sundays, and uh, I just want to take the opportunity of once again uh, thanking you for the distinct privilege and your generosity of your time. We, re- we appreciate it so much. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Walter. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Joe Theismann. Um, it's time for our break. Uh, we'll try and connect with uh, Daniel Rudy Rudiger, and we'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I have family in Caprese, home of Michelangelo, who famously painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It took him four years. We must be distant relatives, because it took me almost as long to paint the ceiling of my garage. I'm sure he did a bunch of nudes, but I did two coats. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village on the new M740, 96.7 FM if you're listening in downtown Toronto. And uh, live video streaming at www.zoomerradio.com. CA. Uh, just got off the phone with Naz, unfortunately. And Naz is still stuck in a little bit of traffic. Downtown Toronto is an absolute mess this morning because of the marathon. So if you're planning on traveling around in downtown Toronto in the next couple hours, uh, you may want to give yourself a little bit of lead time. It's pretty messy out there. Anyways, we're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Daniel Rudy Rudiger, uh, affectionately known as The Rudy 
Good morning, Rudy. Uh, Daniel, how are you this morning? <laughs> Good morning. Rudy's fine. <laughs> okay. I, you know what? I, I'm a little bit peeved that, uh, you know, I have to say the Rudy because there's a, there's a, yeah. there's a political Rudy that's uh, sort of trying to steal the, 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 the Rudy name, and uh, there's no way we're going to allow that to happen. You're the Rudy, my friend. <laughs> right. Anyways, just want to let you know, we just finished off with Joe Theismann, and he, oh, asked, he asked us to say hello to you. We told him you'd be coming yeah. on. And we just had a great conversation with Joe about the NFL and finished it off with a great conversation about uh, Notre Dame University. Uh, Daniel, uh, this year was the tw- 25th. Uh, I, I better call you Rudy, otherwise people yeah. might not might not know who I'm talking, talking with. Anyways, Rudy, uh, this year was the 25th anniversary of your the movie. Uh, it debuted at the Toronto International Film Festival in 1993. It was re-released this year, and it's still going strong. And it's going strong uh, because of what the movie's about. And and it's the Daniel Rudy Rudiger story, which for those of you uh, listening have never watched the movie, it's the story of uh, Dan- of Rudy, who I'm chatting with, the, the real Rudy that was portrayed by Sean Astin, um, Rudy was a walk-on at Notre Dame University. It was his dream to play Notre Dame in face of the most adversity you can possibly imagine and being discouraged from every uh, source uh, possible other than those close to him who encouraged him. And we'll talk about a few of those people, Rudy. Uh, it's the most inspiring message. If you want a message of hope, if you want to be uplifted, watch the movie Rudy. Uh, Rudy, uh, it's been 25 years. 25 years, correct. Why? And, and now uh, we, yep. So for and the movie, have, you actually for played for Notre Dame in, uh, I think it was 74, 75. Uh, why, why is your story still important? Well, a couple of reasons. One, because it's an every guy, every everybody's type of story. You're not the guy that's going to be the star athlete or the star student and or the richest kid on the block. You're a kid that had some up a dream and how you could find another way to get there by using your, uh, I call relentless passion, your understanding of who you are, believing in yourself, understanding there is another way, then, you know, the determination that comes along with that, then, then you're yearning to uh, follow that feeling that, you've been given by the good Lord. So you follow that and you don't surrender that. And I think that's the key. Never surrender the feeling uh, of the dream. And uh, there are moments, I'm sure there are moments in everyone's life uh, that it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It's pretty dark. And that's when I found out if you just stick with it, it becomes pretty bright. Uh, If you don't give up on it. Um, for the listeners that perhaps haven't seen the movie, um, it was your dream to go to Notre Dame? Uh, you were all of, uh, I can't remember, we had a jo- we, we joked about it a little bit on the, on the last show. I think I said right. you were 5'9", 160, and I think you told me you were 5'9 and a half, 162, or something like that. Uh, but you were certainly undersized to be a college football player. Um, you obviously weren't offered a scholarship. You applied to Notre Dame countless times. You were rejected. Uh, you somehow you got 
you you managed to get uh, I think it was may have been first with Eric Parsegian who let you practice with the team. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then Dan Devine. And then there's an incredible scene in the movie where your teammates back you up. And then in the last game of your last year, in the last minute of the game, uh, they put you out there and and you get a sack and they take you off the field on the team takes you off on their shoulders. And if I'm not mistaken, you may have been the only Notre Dame player that's ever been taken off the field that way. Uh, has my memory served me right, Rudy? Well, I mean, it's, um, let, let, me, let me address it another way. Uh, this movie is not about football. It's not about making a tackle. It's not about Notre Dame. It's all about the human spirit. It's all about first had to do first things first, get my life in order first, uh, which we didn't show in the movie was the Navy. I was in the Navy. Now the documentary that's out, you go on Amazon Prime, you could see Rudy Rudiger the walk, and you could see the whole documentary on that. And it explains how and why the movie was made. And the message of the movie is more powerful. And, and you don't have to, you know, I had to get in there academically first before I can even uh, even think about playing football. So I was a little older, but that isn't even the story. The story was uh, when I saw hope in my father's eyes at mass when we went to church. I said I, I got to give him that feeling that makes him uh, happy or gives him hope, and that in itself was the journey. So the journey was uh, giving hope to uh, not only my family but. And it turns out to get to be millions and millions of people now because what, what we find out through the movie, the message of the movie, if you just stick in there and be around the right people and think positive and overcome the uh, negative with positive thoughts and, and hang around good friends, they will get you through it. And you collaborate with the right people, they will help you get through what you need to get through. So that's kind of like the message. So. Whether I was carried off, whether I played, it didn't matter. Uh, the fact that I made it, the fact that I got the dress because of a teammate giving up a uniform so I could dress. Yeah, I wanted a dress. I was disappointed if I didn't dress. But you take one, in each disappointment, you take it uh, one step at a time. And it became very powerful because you didn't know and understand the people that were behind you that wanted to see you win and succeed. Because of your hard work, your work ethic, and your energy you gave to the team that uh, you contributed, they uh, respected that. That's what the movie uh, shows, I hope. Well, you know, that message, that message, uh, we're talking to uh, Rudy, Daniel Rudy right. Rudiger. Uh, that message, uh, as you say, is uh, it's the message of hope. And it's, the, it's, a, it's the most power, it's the power of the human spirit. And mm-hmm. and this week, uh, USA Today uh, did a um, uh, did a, a ranking of the top football films of all time. The top football films of all time, and there's some great films in there, Rudy. Yeah. There's Friday Night Lights. I, I mean, I had the opportunity to go back and 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 think about some of these films. Friday Night Lights, North Dallas 40, Necessary Roughness, Remember the Titans, Longest Yard, Jerry Maguire, 
any given Sunday, The Blind Side. There's some great, great football yeah. films. Wonderful movies. Yeah. And number one, number one, Rudy. And yeah. that that is that's pretty astounding, my friend. Um, and it just well, tells you, human yeah, beings, yeah. you human, you know, we love to watch these stories about underdogs uh, chasing a dream. And to be voted the number one football film of all time by USA Today, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure you've been asked that question quite a few times this week. Uh, what was your reaction? Well, uh, again, I don't take me serious, uh, but I do take the message of the uh, movie serious, and I was very proud of the fact that um, the guys who came and put together, we understood each other. And understand what we had to do from Angel Pizza, David Ansbaugh, the Rob Free, the Mark Platt, and, um, and uh, Les. I mean, all these people who thought less of the film at the time, the people we put in the film or in charge of the film were champions of the message. That's why it worked. And, and I think to stay away from the naysayers on the film when we're trying to get it made, we stayed away from we got around the people who believed in dreams and the message of hard work, message of believing, uh, having faith. All those people that put this together made that those little things relate to the common man or just anybody who uh, just never gave up. Whether it's you're having a bad time through a marriage or you lose a loved one or you know, you're going through financial issues, this helps you. When you look at that, it's all about your attitude, and that's what it—that's uh, what it explains to people when they watch it, because they feel that. And, and through the music of Jerry Goldsmith, of course, it's really awesome. And when we were in Canada at the Toronto Film Festival, we closed the film festival. Uh, it was a wonderful experience from there as well. Uh, I just remember sitting at the air, and Cisco Niebert was sitting in front of me at the time. And uh, I saw their reaction, and it was two thumbs up immediately, and, and I like that because they got the message. Uh, so I, I knew this film would take a life of its own, um, but it wouldn't be a big hit right away, but it will take a life of its own once it gets out there. Uh, Rudy, happened. Rudy, I want to talk about um, you, um, there's a new documentary out. Right. It's called, and I, I want to chat with you about that uh, because right. it's new and it's 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 a documentary. It uh, it's got you in it. It's got family members in it. Right. Um, it's on, uh, and uh, I tried, and we we had this chat on uh, Friday, I believe, and you encouraged me right. to uh, to go watch it. I I got to be honest mm-hmm. with you, it's, it's, we I haven't been able to. I it's it's difficult to source. Uh, material from the United States into Canada. We've got we've got a body up here called the CRTC, which uh, makes it very difficult at times for us to import or to download source material from the United States. Uh, so I've had I've had some technical difficulties because of some <laughs> some laws that we have here, which I don't want to get into a political debate. I'm just yeah. going to get upset, but I haven't been able to watch it because it's on Amazon Prime in the United States, but it's not on Amazon Prime in Canada yet. 
yet. So I've watched the trailers for it. Uh, fortunately, they're able, we're able to watch those. I think at about 11 o'clock last night, I think I may have sourced uh, a place to go watch it. I think there's a, there's, a, there's a video site called Vimeo that I can rent this thing for $10. So I, I promise you I'm going to watch it. I haven't been able to watch it yet. And okay. uh, without getting into the de- political debate about yeah. how frustrated I get trying to find material in the states that doesn't that we don't have in Canada, um, let's talk about the documentary because what I've seen from the reviews, this thing is just as popular, if not more popular, than the movie. It's five stars across the board, ninety-six uh, percent approval rating. Uh, it's you've hit another home run here, Rudy. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about this documentary and why well, people should watch it. Yeah, we, we saw the kids in the classroom. Uh, we saw the movie to the kids. <clears throat> we go into the classroom and we asked them what message they got out of the movie. It's fascinating because it's, they all respond the same way. Uh, <clears throat> don't give up. Believe in your dreams. Uh, hang around the right people. This just comes out naturally through that movie for them, and they see that, they feel that, when they're going through their struggles, and they connect to that. So that's very powerful. Then we end up with the kids, two kids who are chasing their dreams, and what they got out of the movie, and it's the same reaction. But the, but the whole documentary is based on um, teammates who actually were on the team of being a kid, uh, one gentleman gave up his uniform so I could dress. Uh, players react, uh, family members, uh, people uh, who were part of it. Uh, they just tell the whole story, how the movie got made, why it got made, um, all the struggles we had to get the movie made, the obstacles we were up against. Making a movie uh, is really challenging, uh, especially to get Notre Dame and Hollywood to come together, and that was biggest um, biggest challenge. Uh, I think making a movie was much harder than trying to get to Notre Dame. So it was fascinating to me that this movie even got made and how it got made. It's, it's, uh, it's timing, it's patience, and it's hitting the right buttons at the right time, but not ever giving up on, on, on that journey. And that's what this documentary shows. So it gives another purpose. It will give you another purpose of life when you watch it. Uh, we're talking to uh, Daniel Rudy Rudiger and uh, Daniel. Uh, just a couple more questions, and then we'll let yeah. you get we'll let you get on with your day. Um, I'm going to disagree with you in one re- uh, just slightly with respect to a no comment you made earlier. And uh, the movie is obviously the principal message is power and hope, and but the backdrop. The backdrop to the movie is the University of Notre Dame, and and it's interesting. It's interesting in the two movies that were. And I had this question. And so my last question to Joe Theismann, we talked about the unique place that Notre Dame University is. It's interesting that the top two movies, as top two football movies, is ranked by USA Today. Number one, of course, was Rudy. Number two was Newt Rockney, All American. And of course, there's mm-hmm. the obvious connection between the two movies uh, is the University of Notre Dame, and right. and and I and I've thought about this from a couple of different perspectives, and I've said if if Rudy goes mm-hmm. to the University of Michigan or goes to the University of Alabama, 
instead of Notre Dame. I'll be quite frank with you, Rudy. I'm not sure it's the same movie. It's still a fantastic story and a fantastic movie, and the message is still the same. But I still think Notre Dame is an important part of this movie. Agree or disagree? No, I agree. Uh, they would, well, I don't think we would never got this made if it wasn't for that campus we needed that was Notre Dame. Uh, what, it, uh, uh, what it represents to people, um, you know, they say it's for great athletes, rich kids, and special kids, uh, smart kids. And, and then breaking that down, Notre Dame was on top of that list uh, that an average guy could break something like that they get into that, it meant something because once you get in there, it's very—it's a very spiritual place, a very wholesome place, a very safe place to be. And uh, people would always say, uh, "I tell you, you can never go there because it's for not you, it's for that smarter kid, it's for that great athlete." And you find out once you get there, all those smart kids are no different than you. Uh, they work hard. And they, they showed me if you just work hard and ask for help, you'll get somewhere. And that's what Notre Dame was. It was a family uh, atmosphere. Uh, it became very helpful. But getting there, finding out for yourself, it's just typical, typical normal families. Some families had to take out second and third mortgages to get their kids to go to school there. So <clears throat> that gave me hope. But the military would help me pay a lot of my tuition at Notre Dame, but the junior college across the street from Notre Dame was run by the same order that ran Notre Dame. Very helpful, uh, very insightful, uh, and, and when you walked on campus and felt that feeling uh, that you could do anything, you felt very powerful, you felt very positive, and Notre Dame represents that, and that, that's what it does. It was marketed very well, uh, so... Um, Yes, Notre Dame was very important because it had that, that those, uh, it, it got to reach millions and millions of different types of people. Either you watch Notre Dame to watch them win, or you watch Notre Dame to watch them lose. So you had both markets on that. So, um, yeah, Notre Dame was very, very special because of that feeling and because of that status it had. Anyways, uh, Daniel, uh, Rudy, it's been a pleasure yeah. chatting with you this morning. We certainly, uh, we certainly appreciate it. There's, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna track down that documentary. Uh, I certainly, I've watched, I've watched the Rudy film at least over 20 times. And uh, Notre Dame's having a fantastic season. Uh, hopefully, they keep it going, and uh, and uh, we'll certainly uh, have the opportunity to watch. Rudy, uh, the Daniel Rudiger, Rudiger story, The Walk-On. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, Daniel. We appreciate yeah, it. Uh, hey, uh, shout out to June Jones out there, too. Certainly will. Yeah, yeah he's he's a real good friend of mine. I love him dearly. And uh, a successful coach. He's very spiritual. Fantastic. Daniel, Rudy, Rudy, I'll leave it off at this. I'll call you affectionately Rudy. Uh, the story is a powerful story, and... Uh, and uh, I keep watching it, and millions and millions and millions of people uh, have been captivated by it and inspired by it. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, and tell Joe Thais, and I said hi as well. I cer- we certainly will. Thanks, Rudy. Appreciate it. Uh, that, of course, was Daniel Rudy Rudiger. The documentary is Daniel Rudiger, The Walk-On. If you've ever watched the movie Rudy, 
you have to watch this documentary. It's just as good, if not better. Naz, my friend, are you on the on, are you uh, on the air? Are you on the phone? Yeah, I have a traffic report. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give us the traffic report, Naz. Go ahead. Now, the, the garden is moving quite slow. And uh, I'm on my way home, Walter. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I, and I don't blame you, and I'm going to be in deep trouble because uh, I'm under strict orders to get home uh, early. My wife uh, has something in my car that she needs, and I'm going to be in trouble as well. So uh, I don't know if there's a helicopter that wants to drop by and pick me up and uh, deliver me back to Richmond Hill. That might be a good idea. Otherwise, I'm going to be in the doghouse for a while. Anyways, my Ness. My me during the, my break there. <laughs> Kind of laughing at me. That's okay, though. Uh, you know what? Uh, Want to talk about the Raptors? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Naz. Let me give it. Let me turn it I over to you. Lowry is, means business, Wally. He has taken control of the, the backcourt, and he's taken control of the team. And uh, he looked fantastic in all three games. Well, they certainly last night. I was you know, I was uh, <clears throat> downtown last night watching uh, watching a show. And if uh, let our listeners know, if you haven't seen the show at the, the Prince of Wales, ain't too proud the story of the Temptations. Go watch it. It's absolutely yeah. Fantastic. I'm going down Friday next Friday. I'm telling you, it's it's probably one of the best shows I've ever de- uh, seen down there. The 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 talent level amongst the, the the gentlemen who play the Temptations and even the. The women who uh, who played the Supremes uh, in the cameo—it's just phenomenal. It's going to Broadway. It's in Toronto till the middle of uh, November. I don't like to shill for the Mervish, uh, but uh, they—they've got a hit on their hands there. It was—it was a great show. The point of that was I didn't wasn't able to watch the Leafs last night. Wasn't able to watch the Raptors. I've heard the reports about the Raptors though, Naz, and Kawhi. Yeah, playing Kawhi, Kawhi. Yeah. playing without Kawhi. Uh, big game Friday night, and uh, we'll give Leo a call, see if we can get him on the air to talk about the Raptors at, uh, in the near future. Um, you know, big game against the Celtics Friday night, and Kawhi had rose to the occasion twice. Uh, there could be something special brewing down in uh, down in uh, Raptors uh, hoopland uh, this year. Um, uh, is that your impression, Ness? Yeah, they look pretty good. Uh, Celtics are still, uh, they had some injured guys last year, so they're going to take time to gel, just like uh, Kawhi is with, uh, here I am telling him, telling you guys, he's got to have time to gel, and he scores 31 points Friday night, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, and, and I think one of the reasons they held him back is, you know, he didn't, he didn't play all that much last year, so he's still got to, you know, it's interesting, you, you know, you think he still has to find his form. But uh, his form, pretty his form so far in the first two games is pretty good. And I think I think it was a wise move uh, by uh, uh, I can't remember is Nick Nurse the coach I believe. Uh, Nick Nurse, yeah. yeah I, you know my my Zoomer my my sixty my sixty two year old brain sometimes doesn't remember isn't as sharp as it used to be doesn't uh, the memory is in anyways the problem solving still pretty good. Um, but uh, I think it was a smart move holding out uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, you don't want, you know, he, he didn't play. Uh, he was injured last year. Didn't play uh, that many games. Uh, so you don't want to wear him out early in the season. I, th- I think the point you're making is this is a team that's not about the regular season this year. This is a team that we have to prepare for the playoffs. And we have to prepare for a playoff run. And certainly with a player of, of his caliber that's coming off an injury uh, season, you don't want to wear him out too early in the season. And uh, you want to get him into, you want to 
round them into proper season form. I think that was a good move on behalf of the Raptors. And you know what? Certainly allows Kyle Lowry to uh, show how that he's the big cog back there uh, uh, in terms of quarterbacking the team, and it you know and allows some of the other players to step up. Um, this seems like a team that uh, that could go places this year, Naz. Uh, you know, early uh, early uh, look at them uh, in the first few games. Uh, there's a lot to be impressed about. Yeah, they look like the Leafs started the way they started too, They're, but. But the Raptors are going to—they're going to challenge for first with the Celtics, and I'm sure—and and, and I think that uh, Lowry is a big piece of it. Oh, no question. He's definitely, the, he's definitely the verbal leader. You can tell on the court. Kawhi is very quiet and just does his job. But uh, Lowry is very impressed me, and he's in phenomenal shape. I've been on his case the past few years about him not being in shape. He's in shape. Naz, we got about thirty seconds left. Thirty thirty-five seconds left. Uh, William Nylander still hasn't put uh, ink to paper. Uh, he'll Kyle, Kyle Dubas. He'll sign, he'll sign this week, Wally. Oh, he's going to sign? Yeah, he's going right. to sign this week. It's going to be a bridge contract two years, probably about $5 million per year. They have no other choice. And I, uh, who has no other choice? The, the Dubas the player, or, the or the player? The player, the player. Well, I think the Leafs are going to be generous and give them a bridge contract two years, $10 million. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Anyways, uh, Naz, I'll wish you safe travels. Hopefully you can get out of that little traffic mess uh, you're in. And uh, I'll tell you where I am right now. I'm at Dunn Avenue in Jamerson coming back. That's how long it took. And I'm not Dave Dunn Avenue. Anyways, it's it's time to go. I got to plug my ways in. I got to figure out a way home that's going to get me home uh, quickly. Uh, to uh, and uh, all I'll do is wish our listeners a fantastic week, and we'll be back again next Sunday morning.